episode of Kitchen Table Netrunner, we talk uprising. Better late than never. Stay tuned. Welcome to Kitchen Table Netrunner. I'm Tristan. I'm Nicole. And this is the Android Netrunner podcast that is beginner friendly and super fun. One would hope. At least that's our goal. Yeah, it's aspirational. Yes. First and foremost, we have gotten some emails. I love it. Yeah. So first of all, uh, last episode, you asked a question. We asked a question. Yes. And you very much made it a me versus you thing. I don't know why you had to make it competitive but we haven't you been in our family long enough to know that everything is competitive this is why netrunner is the perfect game for us but it was about how we should talk about the cards whether we should uh think of them in terms of sets or think of them in terms of decks yes and go ahead you just say like why did i turn it into a competition between you and me but like fact of the matter is is like you thought we should go by sets i thought we should go by like the cards and how they relate to like the current meta. So it was a competition from the get go. We just, we just invited disagreed. all of the listeners to weigh in on it. Pick having sides. a discussion on different points of view is not the same as having a competition. Maybe this is like mm. the root of all of our problems. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've got a couple of people that, that wrote in and they all agreed with you. Thank you. So Michael and uh, he very much said that maybe like looking at decks uh, as they come in, you know, the decks that are popular that have won some store champs or something. Yeah, right. And then we also had Tom wrote in and he's a new player and he suggested even rather than decks talk about like types of cards so oh, let's yeah, have I loved that idea like uh, a century and killer episode or something like that yeah yeah i really liked that idea and then like how to evaluate cards how you like how you think about what makes a card good yeah so the bad news is we don't have any idea we try we try we can help him and then for all of you not terrible players you could tell us what you do and we could try it out and then report back if you can teach us how to be good netrunner players we will totally talk about it yeah we'll even mention your name yeah so thanks and and maybe even give you a sticker if we saw you somewhere i mean let's not over promise well we have some stickers and they're pretty rad we do but segue if we were going to be talking about popular decks that have been doing well competitively lately we might talk about Liza Talking Thunder and her latest Tag Me variant that's been going through nationals, tournaments, and stuff like that. Except late breaking news as of when we're recording, Liza just got banned. That's right. So that's big news because that was kind of a quick surgical hammer drop from Nisei. Yeah, that was... I don't know, the whole Liza thing was pretty crazy, honestly. Just how fast it came out of nowhere and just how 
It was. Some people were talking on Reddit and they're like, oh yeah, Liza's been a problem since dot dot dot. But like, I hadn't heard anything about her. She hadn't been no. winning big tournaments, it seemed like. No. Anyway, I think... follow some of the medium-sized <laughs> tournaments, too. So... Yeah, I was looking at regional season. I remember I was looking at a lot of the regionals. Yeah. Right. So the fact that we, like, hadn't heard about it makes me think it wasn't... Like, no one had really cracked the code yet. Yeah, yeah maybe that was it. I don't know. So I'm the winner. And uh, Liza's no, been yeah, banned, yeah. so... I think we should still get to know, like, how to understand that deck. I heard it's I heard it's hard to pilot well. Like, it takes a fair amount of skill to know kind of when to strike, what tools are most important to get out first, those kinds of things, depending on the matchup. Interesting. Sounds too complicated for me. Whereas, like, the zero clan vengeance kind of that bust drove itself to some extent. Yeah, okay. I could see that. So you're saying the people who won with Liza were already somewhat skilled. Generally, yeah, that's my understanding. That's cool. But no longer. I get to find something else to do. Yes. I think that's the great thing is Nisei is there and can say, oh my gosh, this is taking it too far. And then like, let's change it up. Yeah. I think it's great. I think I think so too. So other big piece of news, Uprising. Yes. Was released. We're a little bit behind. Did you know that the Nakfunzener Minuten already published an Uprising episode like days ago? No, man, they're on it. Yeah, I was going to say something in German, but I don't I've forgotten all of my German. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, hold on. Hold on. Right, let me. Let me. So I was going to say, Paul, that is so tall that you made that episode. Yeah. Good. Good job, gentlemen. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Just to that part of the conversation. I hope that's not a bad word. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's not the bad word that I know. <laughs> stop learning bad words in other languages. <laughs> I learned that. It like, makes you way seem less back wholesome. in like middle school. So uprising is out now. Yes. Oh my gosh. We got our cards. We do. Two days There's ago. So many of them. There are a lot of them because they released like half a set all at once. You know. Right. Right. Just Which when you're sense. like looking I mean, at all the data packs, it's like this is ginormous compared to that. Right. So what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about, I think, you know, different archetypes that makes you excited to play different kinds of decks you want to play after seeing the cards. Okay. So first of all. Oh, okay. Well, before we get there. Okay. I have some questions. Question me. There's some new stuff going on in these cards. There's some new stuff. There are there are new all things. Right. So, so first of all, the interrupt symbol, right? I don't know. You just cut me off. It's almost like I interrupted you. What? Okay, so on new card, um, HB, Project Vacheron. I would say Vacheron, but I don't know. I'd say it could go either way. Anyway, it's a 5-3 agenda, but it has a new symbol on it. It's like an upside down triangle with an exclamation point in it. Yeah, that's the interrupt symbol. Okay, tell me what that means. Well, the interrupt symbol is a new way for Nisei to indicate that a card works outside of the normal timing windows. So it's a thing that you can do that happens not with the normal rules. So for example, Forger, right? It says on on the original text of Forger, it says trash to avoid or remove one tag. Okay. And so 
that's actually two separate abilities that operate in different windows. So remove a tag happens in any kind of normal paid ability window. So that's a normal trash ability. Okay. But the other ability, avoid a tag, there's not a window when a tag comes to do something, right? Like you can't do anything in the window in which you give, you're given a tag. So that's actually an interrupt ability, which allows you to act at that moment. And it's like the interrupt symbol is just a little way for the for the cards to say, hey, FYI, this happens in a different special timing window. So this is just as like its own a, special trigger. Just a little. It's a clarification of when the rules are a little bit different. Okay, so so when it would be added to the runner's score area, instead it is added to their score area with four hosted agenda counters. Right, and that's, so that's because something special happens when it's added, right? And so like that, there's not normally a window there for something to happen. But like, so if you look at another example, would be uh, Prana Condenser in the Jinteki section. Okay. Right. So it's when you would do a net damage, you prevent it. Huh. So these are cards with effects that, that these could have effects could have always existed, and some of them have Forger as an example, or the like the reset the trace on flip switch for example also happens. You know, just like after a trace starts, there's not a time to use other cards or anything like that. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. All right, so there's question the first. Okay. The next question is, there's a new word, lockdown. What? Yeah, the so there's Dickens a new lockdown. lockdown. So there's a lockdown for each faction, and there's a lockdown, a neutral lockdown. And so lockdowns are these new kinds of cards that they're kind of like a current. So you can play them if there's no active lockdown, and it says the operation's not trash until your next turn begins. So it's like a current. They only exist on the corpse side and they last one turn. Oh, okay. Or they last until the next corp turn, right? In case right. there's some weird shenanigans. Okay. And they just, all the ones so far, they just make it so it'd be a little bit harder to steal an agenda. Basically. Okay. Fascinating. I'm seeing this now. Okay. That's nice. We're all learning here. I like how we can play it off. Like, you know, it's like the, you're the... C-3PO of the podcast like oh it looks like this is happening what's going on over here and then fire C-3PO I'd have kept the red arm yeah. anyway so which side do you want to start on well, let's start on the runner side because they're on the top when you get the cards in the mail oh sorry I already separated them so I could look at them so first and foremost we we're, we get Hoshikoshiro who is our first double sided runner our first or the first ever the first ever, like our as like a collective Netrunner community. Oh, very good. All right. So you want me to tell them what we have? Yeah. Why don't you tell me about, tell us about Hoshiko? Okay. Well, 45, 15. Uh, when your turn ends, if you access at least one card this turn, gain two credits and flip this identity. Flip? So it's almost like there's another side to it. There is. All right. The other side... Oh, interesting. I didn't realize. Okay, so on the first side, our identity is natural, but then when and you... And zero link. And zero link. And when you flip it, then she has one link and she's digital. Because it represents her online avatar. Oh, very nice. It says, when your turn begins, draw one card and lose one credit. When your turn ends, if you did not access at least one card this turn, flip this identity. So I think this is interesting Partly because this has been, I think, the most controversial card in the pack. There have been a lot of people who feel like the anime art style is not appropriate for Netrunner. 
and have been kind of turned off by it or like I don't want to play this card in public what if someone looks at me and sees me playing it I'd be embarrassed I don't get it she's an anarch by the way for anyone who's oh yeah wondering. might be worth mentioning yes thought so so she comes with the companions and including the new companion console Keiko and the the four companion resources and I think that I've played her several times and the theme doesn't bother me like I am not into anime right and it's fine it's like this is just who she is it's what the kind of stuff she's into whatever I'm not into walking around shirtless but that doesn't mean I'd be opposed to playing a geist deck <laughs> or you know like bioluminescent face tattoos for that matter yeah <laughs> anyway Hoshiko I think is fun when you get the companions out and you've got you know, every turn you're getting a card from Hoshiko and you're getting all the companions are clicking a credit every turn and ideally Dreamnet's getting you a credit every turn. So like, you just have to find a way to make one run and make it profitable and you get like two cards out of it. And the runs don't have to be very profitable by themselves, especially if you're like using the Mystic Mamie credits to play Sure Gamble for three instead of five or stuff like that. It's like, it's fun. It's this like fun, aggressive style. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about these companions. So there's Trickster Taka, Trickster which Taka. we already have from Downfall. So, oh, okay. Credit every turn for stealth. Yeah. Use of programs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Trickster Taka is a fox. A rogue fox. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then there's Mystic Mamie, which is uh, I don't know what that thing is. It's an axolotl. It's a wizard axolotl. Yeah. There you go. Don't forget, also, Downfall has Fencer Fuino. Oh, that was in Downfall. Yep. And okay. so Fencer Fuino is the narwhal who you can use the credits on after a run. Oh, After the run is successful, I mean. That one drives me crazy. It's usually, I mean, I it's kind of considered the weakest of them, because, but like there are some very specific use cases. It's great for trashing things. Yes. Well, I mean, we were playing my Six Agenda as Mari deck, and you... I don't know, I had to be all tricky so that you couldn't steal my something. You know, I was going to mention that I know that a lot of people felt like the new NBN 5.3 agenda made 6 Agenda Asmari more viable, but I felt like that's just a bunch of bologna. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, bologna. I, I had to insert that dad joke real quick there. I was, yeah. I was in danger of losing it. Yeah. So yes, so companion number three and again keiko is a companion who gives you credits for using companions so there's another credit that you get right okay and then you've got mystic mamie the axolotl the wizard axolotl that gives you credits for using events and then last you've got paladin poemu who otter yeah the paladin otter who gives you credits for installing cards and not for installing cards like credits to use to install cards anyway Right, yeah. For the purpose of installing cards, not as a reward for That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes. To use to install. So anyway. And then, yeah, you mentioned Kiko, which is hardware, not a resource. And that's the little dragon that she carries around with her. And the plus two memory means you can run all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I was using mine for data suckers. That's right. It's not a bad idea. Well, thank you. So I think that's a fun deck. I think that there's probably a better deck that uses fewer of them but i think that like once you've got hoshiko 
and Keiko and the four resource companions and DreamNet, you're kind of in like turbo mode. Yeah, well, so I guess maybe one of the concerns that people might have yeah. is that if you're playing an Anarch, you're not necessarily about setting up a rig. It's it, Yeah, it's a very different style of Anarch for sure. Right. So that's more shapery because you're like, I yep. got to get this rig going and then I'm pretty rad about it. And, and it seemed to work well when you did it. Yep. I mean, playing against me, which is really not saying a whole lot, but... No. But I thought it was it was neat, and I really liked the theme of it. And now, so you've talked about. Dream. Well, I think it's oh, I think it's fun about it. Yeah, go ahead. No, go. I was just saying, like you, you, you're like it's kind of like all these little mini games, right? Where you're like, oh, I have to find an event to play this turn. Mm-hmm. You have to like have enough stuff in your deck, and so this is why I think a lot of people just will run probably two of them. So fencer isn't so bad because you can just pay a credit to not have them trashed right but all the other keep clicking three. them up but the other three like bad things have to happen like trickster is the worst because you have to take a tag which allows them all to be trashed but like paladin you have to trash a card mystic you have to discard a card from your hand yeah so it's like a game of how can i keep finding things to install and events to play and ways to spend them like spend the money so sometimes i would just run and spend my trickster credit on boosting an ice that didn't need boosting just oh. to get it out of the way yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that that's not great. That means that I'm not being as efficient as possible. You know what I like about it from the court perspective? Tell me. Is game over. Yes, it is it is kind of leave you pretty <laughs> widely exposed from a game over perspective. Cuz I mean the the court has cards that kind of mess with your rig in different ways, but like game over is just like, "Oh yeah, I'll just wipe out all of what's important to you right now." By taking out the resources. So that's fine. Unless you pay from, for it, right? You can pay for well, it. You can. You can. Which then if the court follows that up with some punitive counter strikes because you've spent all your money. Spent all your game. money trying to keep your stuffed animals. Yeah. Then. Yeah. The stuffed animals are saved and you're lying in a pool of your own blood. <laughs> They're just looking at you judgmentally. Yeah. Sounds a lot like your childhood. Not mine. Ouch. <laughs> I hope nobody's childhood was like that. It'd be pretty terrible. Okay, Dreamnet. Yeah. I'm gonna have to say I don't love the picture. It kind of creeps me out. But maybe that's maybe that says more about you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Dreamnet. It's a resource. It's virtual. It says the first time each turn you make a successful run, draw a card. If you have at least two link or your identity is digital also gain a credit so if you have hoshiko flipped yep then she's digital then you gain a credit apex is the other digital id okay and then two link sunny sunny has it base otherwise you know you might have it if you're playing a one link runner with cyber trooper or something yeah i mean there's some yeah there's some stuff so that's it's nice that they figured out like a way to hook it into like support for sunny and apex who tend to feel left out okay yeah so i mean i don't know if you think it's worth mentioning the other thing about the dreamnet and the companions is that they're virtual resources so they turn on the virtual resource clauses of the of the anarch breakers their virtual resource clauses yeah so ute from downfall and then odore from uprising all right looking at odore it's a killer uh costs four zero strength okay it says for zero credits, break a sentry subroutine. 
use this ability only if you have three or more installed virtual resources. So right. And so Ute, other way, otherwise you have to pay two credits to break any number of century subroutines. So still good, good from that perspective. Yeah. So Ute was the same as for uh, code gates and it said uh, you can do X for X once per turn or once per run maybe if you otherwise you could use one for one if you had three or more virtual resources okay okay interesting so that's those are breakers that work better if you're playing the hoshigo way yeah yep 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 all right so we haven't really looked at a lot of the other what i've looked at all of these cards what do you mean okay that's not what i meant played with oh yeah i've been building some criminal decks so I think that the 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 criminal stuff that's worth mentioning is that stealth is back and in criminal. Yeah, Thoughts? I'm excited. Yeah, I would like to. I mean, you were sad about losing a I lot had of a your good smoke setup. I like that. And by good, you mean? I mean, not that I could win anything with it, but <laughs> cohesive. You you seem to feel emotionally attached to it. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Okay, it was fun. Yeah. But I'm working on, I'd like to build a criminal stealth deck. Try that out. So let's talk about the criminal stealth tools now that we have. Sure. Let's take a look. So the first one is the Mew Safecracker. Yes, I put this in the stealth deck that I was working on building, but I haven't played it yet. So two cost piece of hardware. It's unique and you can only use stealth credits on it. And so it acts as basically like, one of each of the interfaces, HQ and R&D, because you can, if you make an successful run on HQ, you can spend a credit, again, a stealth credit, access an additional card. If you make a successful run on R&D, you can pay two credits to access an additional card. Which is great, because if you're looking for multi-access, if you wanted R&D and HQ, then that's two uh, cards you have to install, whereas this is just They're one. There's four credits. Those interfaces are spendy. Well, Yeah. But if you're paying four credits, I don't know, I guess it adds up. It just seems like for, so that's eight credits to install two things. This is two yeah. to install. And then I think the other thing is, though, that you're broadcasting, right? When you install an HQ interface, right, you're, the corp is like, oh, I better put some more ice on HQ. But yeah. when you're like, oh, I could go either way. Right. No, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And then it also puts pressure on the corp in terms of like not only oh, I better ice these up. But then if you're spending a lot of time icing up R&D and HQ, then are you spending as much time icing up remotes? Right. You know, are you going to be able to score stuff out? So that's a good... Yes, that's number one. Yeah. Number two is After Image. Uh, Congrats, Kevin Tame on the art. Looks pretty sweet. Yeah. The Shadow of the Cheetah. This one just goes so fast. So you can spend two, again, both of them have to be stealth credits. This is a killer, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Four credits to install, one memory, two strength. But you can just spend two credits to bypass uh, a sentry. Once per turn. Once per turn. So it's kind of like a mini fem in that way. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to like pick a thing in advance. You can just be like, right now, that's the thing. Also, though, don't use it on a Nazi. Yeah. I know you'd want to because it's a chunky sentry, but don't do it. Don't bypass. But also, it's got uh, pretty good numbers. Like, if you have stealth credit, it's, it's got better numbers than Bugalter, right? Because it's got one for two strength, and then one for up to two subroutines. Does, and the strength has to be stealth, but the other one doesn't. So 
that's nice. You don't get the yeah. discount. Like the you don't get the rebate like Bugalter. Right. That's a nice Bugalter's really it's a good card, I feel. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying that after image, if you're playing with stealth credits anyway, yes. is even better. Yes. And then the third tool is the penumbral toolkit. So it's two credits. Oh, it is still or crazy. zero if you made a successful run on HQ. It's got four credits. You can spend during runs on whatever you want. And that's it. It's the new Ghost Runner. Sure, yeah. So I think that it's interesting. The new Ghost Runner get rotated out? It did. Okay. So it's interesting because it's different from Ghost Runner in that, A, it's criminal and too influence, so it's like not equally available. Okay. Number two, oh, I started with A, so I tried to say B. <laughs> B, you can get it. You know, there's this, like this condition of being cheaper if you run HQ, right? That because like Ghost Runner is zero anyway, and this is zero if you've run HQ, which you know fits into a lot of the the criminal styles. And then it has an extra credit on it. Yeah, that's the the stealth package in Criminal that makes that all work. Well, you can only use this during runs. Was that the case? With- yes. Okay. Yeah, so you can spend anything during a run. Yeah. Okay. So- the other thing where it's worth mentioning is that. Uh, is that criminal has a lot of trash can support trash can support yeah so like the back shuffles in trash cans and so if you're running trash cans like for a geisty reason that's nice right because the other thing is like you've got um boomerang and the q loop are both trash cans okay cool i'm pretty sure am i supposed to look you probably should look so i know Uh, no trash. oh yeah no yeah just just the just the boomerang so it comes back Yes, yes. All right. So I thought it was interesting. So we've got, from the Shaper perspective, we've got, first of all, Mantle is, a str- is to finish that stealth conversation, right? It's a replacement for Cloak. Oh, yeah. Because a Mantle is basically the same as a Cloak. What? Like a Mantle, like not like the Mantle place on your fireplace. Like, oh. But it's like a Mantle, like the Mantle of, of the leader, you know? Oh. Yeah, a Mantle is just a Cloak. See, putting it over them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see that in the picture. And so it's better than Cloak because you can spend it on hardware and programs. So you can use it for your safe cracker. What's my safe cracker? We just talked about it. Oh. The Mew safe cracker. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So that's interesting. So the other things about Shape that's interesting is that they got a second console, which I don't know how often that happens. How often? Right? Because they got two consoles in one cycle. Oh, I have no idea. Right? Because they got the Super Corridor, which is like lat, but for credits. Okay. And then Anacam is like Astrolabe, right? Except for whenever the corp, like you'd get to draw a card with Astrolabe. It was like whenever the corp installs a new server, creates a new server. But with Anacam, instead, it's whenever an event gets trashed each turn, which means, which includes playing them. Does not include discarding them, but it does include playing them. Okay, you can draw a card. So that's that's pretty heavy acceleration. But I just thought it was interesting that there's a second console. Okay, okay. I don't have statistics on this. As discussed in previous episode, I don't really pay attention to the specific pack card thing. Although I do want to say we've just gone through something. Yep, something definitely. Sand Sand? Data Destiny? Know. The one that's got the geographic that's things, sand like sand. old yeah. hollywood and yeah. stuff like i think that that was a really neat concept as as a complete and utter aside yes that had nothing to do with anything i agree yep i love the art on self-modifying code i think it's so worth beautiful. taking a moment yeah to just say 
so like let me just back out a little bit first of all just underlining what you said the art on self-modifying code is incredible congratulations <laughs> well here's the thing i'm pretty sure it's italian don't want to mess it up so it's chiara biancheri or chiara biancheri anyway very nice excellent work so like back up a second and just remembering that these are fake cards made by a fan organization that's trying to keep this game alive after it's officially canceled okay. right like yeah these are super legit Oh, yeah. Great cards. The art is amazing. So like these I talked about, you know, a while ago about how downfall there are things like like flip switch that felt like they should have been like corset cards like this feels like legitimate Netrunner, right? And so like this, like from the cards effects and from like the art and the layout work, this is this is top notch stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think it's significant to think about it as a fan made thing. Yes. It would be easy to to ruin it, you know, to be just really like, I just want all like amazingness, you know. Um, so you're saying like hypothetically, if someone were to continue making new Star Wars movies, but like as a fan of Star Wars, that they might like. Do just it as like, if they're just playing with their action figures at home. Yeah. And just like be like, oh, wow, it's the Millennium Falcon. And like assume that that's going to make it so people like it without having any kind of real meaning or. Or like emotional connection or like really like without earning its story beats. Yeah. I, I mean, hypothetically, that that seems like it could connect. Okay. So whether <laughs> you feel like The Last Jedi ruined Star Wars or you feel like The Rise of Skywalker ruined Star Wars, that's the side that we're arguing. We agree with you. We love all of our listeners. Yeah. Just for the record. I, yeah, that was my point. I just I was trying not to alienate either. either. <laughs> <laughs> The point is, unless you're one of those people that said bad things about people in Star Wars and was rude to people online, because that I can't, I can't condone. No, we still love you, but make better choices. Yeah. Anyhow, no, I just think that like they're legitimately good cards instead of just sort of like pandering to that sort of fan fiction esque side of life. Yeah. 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 Okay. You want to corp it up? Is it corpastic? Corporific. All right. So we've got another flipper. We do have another flipper. So this is not our first corp flipper, but it does flip. So yeah, there we go. So we got we got the Earth Station. Earth Station. So it's a Wayland 4515. The front side is Identity Division. Limit one remote server. Also, the, the front side is SEA headquarters. Oh, is that different on the other side? It is different. Okay. Hoshiko's also different on the two sides, her subtitle. What? I am not going to Yeah. let can you be. find that. You can do that. We leave that as an exercise for the listener. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, limit one remote server. As an additional cost to run HQ, the runner must pay a credit. Uh, for a click, you can flip this identity. It's the first step. Okay, so then on the back side, identity is still a division. It's ascending to orbit. Mm. A still limit one remote server. As an additional cost to run a remote server, the runner must pay six credits. When the runner makes a successful run on HQ, flip this identity. So if it's flipped and you want to run the remote, one option is to run HQ successfully and then run the remote. Yeah. 
So it's a little bit like, what is it? Oh, it's a little bit like replicating perfection. Yes. So you have to run a central before you can run the remote. You have to run one central. So like it makes it easier to put all your nasties on one thing. Also, unlike replicating perfection, it has to be a successful run. Yeah. Which means that Chrisium grid stops it dead. Right. It would. Yeah. Oh, it does. Not just would. It does. I'll tell you what, though. Playing Earth Station. Yeah. I never thought anyone played direct access, but it brings all the direct accesses out of the woodwork. You find that card a lot when you're playing as Earth Station. Oh, that's the one that I played. I don't remember. That's the one that that blanks the IDs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, blanks the IDs and then shuffles it back in. Yeah, that was great, especially because I put it in my Sunny deck, which is my first ever Sunny deck. I've wanted to play Sunny for a long time, but just haven't had her. And so it makes sense that as like the world's greatest mom, you'd feel like a connection there. There's a kinship. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure my kids would not give that same response most days. But yes, I felt like putting in that card was super great because Sunny doesn't have any like special text abilities. So Ah, right, no downside. Yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna lose anything. And so if you could go up against something without losing anything. You know, an interesting side deal for direct access, right? Because it blanks the text box. Yeah. So it makes a difference for chaos theory because written the the old FFG way, her text box was you get plus one MU. Yeah. But written the new Nisei way, the MU is part of the ID and not part of the text box of the ID. Huh. So something to think about. I wonder if they'll ever update that. If they reprint her, I'm sure they will. Huh. Then she wouldn't have a special thing. Right. So that's just this like Sunny. That is interesting. All right, so you played Earth Station. I have. Did you have any cards that you found to be pretty awesomely awesome? Well, so Kiambe was spoiled earlier. It was part of the Uprising booster. Oh, yeah. And it's good. I did not appreciate it as the runner. Yeah. Did not appreciate it. But I was also confused by it at first. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just kept advancing things, and I thought, okay, so here's what it is. It's yeah, an upgrade. It's, yep, it's a region. region. When your turn begins, place an advancement token on a piece of ice protecting the server. Three to res, three to trash. Whenever the runner approaches the server and the run, unless they pay two credits for each advanced piece of ice protecting the server. But I thought it was talking about, like, advancements. So yeah. at one point you had, like, two cards both of them with like seven advancement counters on them and i was just yeah, like i remember you asking so i have to pay 28 credits to get into the server <laughs> and i was like this is never gonna happen so once i knew that i instantly regretted not running it sooner and dumping the kiambe grid yeah much so earlier speaking of kiambe grid targets aket is a good target for it so it's advanceable Three to res, two to trash, barrier, as you say. It's the pyramid barrier. So three, once there's three, like it doesn't scale like Colossus where it just keeps advancing its strength. So it's all or nothing. And if it's got the three on it, and then three advancements, then it gets plus three strength. So it goes up to five strength. And you can only, you can't break more than one of the printed subroutines. And the two subroutines are gain a credit and place an advancement token and then the run. So actually I won a game on Jinteki with Aket where the runner ran 
and I had already resed and stuck over like a form of carry from an earlier run. And so I used my Akat advancement because this Akat was triple advanced to advance the form of carry, mm-hmm. which is not an advanceable ice. Advancing it doesn't do any good, okay. except it meant that that was the one credit difference because I could also advance the Mazvingo to get an additional end the run subroutine. But the end the run subroutine, the additional subroutine there would have cost him one more to break that last subroutine. Or if I advanced the form of carry instead, then it would have been one more advanced ice that they would have had to pay two credits for the Kiambi grid. Uh, and so that yes. extra credit was the was them not getting in and getting the winning agenda. Mm, very nice. Yep. Very nice. Yep. All right. Any other shout outs from any of this? False lead is back. That really doesn't have anything to do with anything, does it? No, it's just a card that had before, but I feel like I'm a little concerned about Nisei's feelings about Darwin. So there's this arc, right, of in Downfall Darwin gets like locked up in a cage and then now they're having him like fight other viruses and some kind of uh ultimate fighting ring for <laughs> I just I don't know. It seems weird. Poor Darwin. You just love Darwin. So I think that the HB cards are interesting. Okay. Right, because there's so there's the Mega Pre, which came out in the booster pack. And so that one's fun because it's a 3-1, but if anyone has either scored or stolen it, then then it's a 3-2, which is cool by itself, right? Three twos are great. But like also, if you someone steals it, it's 3-1, so it's kind of like Global Food Junior. Yeah. The bad thing is it only counts as one point in your towards your agendas. So that's, that's like one thing where you can have points, and if the runner steals it, you're like, eh, that's fine. If you score it, then it's great. It's pretty good. And Project Vacaron is similar. Maybe it's Vac Heron, right? Maybe it's a bird. I was going to go with the ch. Vacheron. See, you said ch, but then he said sh. Vacheron. I don't know. Vacheron. How about that? Vacheron. <laughs> okay, so Project Vacheron. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Project Vacheron, I feel like, is really cool because it's a 5 3. And the deal is you're like, hey, if you steal it, it's going to be four turns before you get those points. So I'm just going to win before that happens. That doesn't work out as often as maybe you would like it to work out. But it's a good thought. Also worth mentioning from the HB side is that with Vapor Frame, you can basically do anything that you you basically like take over the entire um, basic action card with assets, which is great for Mirror Morph. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so you can install cards, you can get credits, you can draw cards. Very good, very good. I know some of the artists. We kind of like touched on it before. I feel like we did. Go ahead. I just feel like the artists in general like do a really good job. I really like the art. I don't know how they find, like I know some of them, some of the artists, but like I don't know. Who some of these people are, where they find them, or if they even play Netrunner, but like they're just good cards. All right, so talk about other thing Nets? worth talking about. I think Escape Net's worth mentioning. Okay, because we were talking about all the cool virtual resources like DreamNet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Escape Net says if there's a successful run last turn, it's one credit for a trace seven. If successful, remove a chip or virtual card from the game. Yeah, it's just like a little way to snipe either companions or chips that are bothering you yeah well i mean is there still clone chip no what clone chip rotated in the symbol chip is back is the replacement remember no sorry my brain is slow symbol chip hardware chip 
If no installed programs have been trashed, you may trash one. Must. You must trash one installed program as an additional cost to use this hardware. It's a trashy one. So trash can install a program from your heap paying three less. Hmm. Clone chip's better, but maybe that's why they wanted it out. I mean, the good thing about this one. Yeah. So clone chip is really good. And, and this is, has more conditions. So the, the, the good thing about this. So two things. Number one is if say like you had lady Mm-hmm. and you just didn't have any counters on her lady is rotated i understand this but you could just like use the chip to trash lady and then reinstall her the other thing is you get the discount yeah which you didn't get with clone chip true yeah yeah anyway point is you could pull that out you could pull escape with escape net but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i had a chip in my sunny deck right the security chip oh yeah security chip that's a great card Really loved that card. Not part of Uprising. No, I would agree with that. Good. All right, back to Uprising. Yeah. Mm. So, any thoughts on the Genteki cards? Nice job, Pat, on the, I can't even say it, Kakurinbo. Kakurinbo? Yeah, Kakurinbo. I really like that one. It's beautiful. So, I, I want to shout out to the, the Angram Flush. I think that the the uh like revealing the grip thing is an interesting thing to come back to partly because it plays into the hayobu revealing cards thing but also because it plays with the the katara nbn revealing stuff you know like peeping tom and all that so i think it's an interesting ability okay and two for five is a big deal yeah unless you don't care right and that's all it is is reveal the grip twice so but it says reveal the grip twice, but it's set. I mean, did you actually read the card? Well, not this moment. I've read it before. All right. When the runner encounters this ice, choose a card type. For the remainder of the encounter, whenever you reveal the grip using a subroutine on this ice, you may trash one revealed card of that type. Okay. What? Right. So reveal the grip twice means like if you're like program, then you're like reveal the grip, trash a program, reveal the grip, trash a program. Okay. Yes. That is neat. Yeah. Because so, you're like, oh, it just reveals the grip. So unless people care about that. But like I'm saying that it does more than that. Okay. Yes. Oh, man. People are going to listen to this podcast and be like, well, at least I'm smarter than Nicole. Welcome to Kitchen Table Netrunner, the podcast that makes you feel good about how well you understand Netrunner. <laughs> okay. NBN, though. NBN is the other new identity. Yes, game net where dreams are real. Uh, 45, 17 influence. It's a division. Whenever a corp card ability causes the runner to spend or lose at least one credit during a run, gain a credit. So let me ask you a question yes. about how this works. Yeah. So if you were to have them lose credits, not in, during a run, like using closed accounts, would that trigger game net? No, no, that would not. I see that smirk. And I know that you are making fun of me. (laughs) But they don't know. They could have just thought I was like making sure that we clarified it for everybody. I was trying to build a deck and I didn't catch that, that small part. And I was like, bummer. But there are some things that make you spend or lose credits during a run. So does ice count? I mean, ice. The doy. 
agendas. Does that count as that's during a run? run? Still, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you're so, out of the server, you're still on the run. So you've got Bellona. Yeah. So it's a five three, and the runner has to pay five to steal it. So. Yeah. So that would get you one when they steal it using their Fencer Fuino money and actually pay nothing for it. And you can have one little credit to feel bad about yourself with. Wow. Wow. Or you could get that one credit, put it towards paying for game over, put it towards your traces for punitive counter-strike. You're like, ha 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 ha! I just beat you by one credit. Oh, okay. So I see then F2P. Yeah. There's logic there because they have... Okay, so Sentry, four, five, two credits, break one subroutine on this ice. Only the runner can use this ability and only if they are not tagged. And then the subroutines are add one installed card to the... One installed runner card to the grip, give the runner one tag. And so I thought, like, why would I play this card? Yeah. Because they're just going to be like, oh, I'll just pay four and I don't actually need an icebreaker out to deal with it. But they could still do that. Yeah. But if they do, then it would trigger your game net. Twice. Right. Each time. Whenever it happens. So that's cool. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. That's the big thing about game net is it's like how often can you make a win ever do something? Yeah. So gold farmer is another good one for it because either way you go that you're getting money off of it right so just like the on encounter text is whenever the runner breaks a printed subroutine on this ice they lose a credit so yep there are two subs so you get two credits off of that or the two subs are each in the run unless the runner pays three credits so either way you're gonna get something out of this yeah and uh yeah both of these are just about how GameNet creates Games are like, oh, super fun and easy to play and nobody's going to charge you for them unless you want the upgraded content and the special loot boxes or whatever. I don't play the games like this. No, I don't either. But I hear things about them. Yeah. All right. What else do you want to talk about with Uprising? So, I mean, it's also worth mentioning that the, the, the ganked creates new rules stuff. Okay, ganked. Upgrade ambush. While the runner is accessing this card from R&D, they must reveal it. When the runner accesses this card, you may trash it to force the runner to encounter a resed piece of ice protecting this server. Okay. So you said so, it like, I mean, adds new things. Well, so for example, it takes you from an access back onto an encounter but like with an ice protecting the server, uh-huh. which is pretty wild. Yeah. Right. Like now imagine you are past the run. So like this means you can spend Fencer Fuino credits, for example. That's weird. That is weird. But imagine you like hit a congen or something, right? Mm-hmm. Then you, and then you like encounter a piece of ice on a different server during this, during like your, your access on R&D. Or imagine that you hit like a deflector piece of ice, which is like, oh, if you don't break this subroutine, then you're running on archives, right? Or just like something crazy like that. Yeah. So like. The point is, once that encounter ends, you go back to your run on R&D in the access phase. But like, these are all questions that nobody had to ask before this card existed. Yeah, that does complicate things. So you're saying it's a a card not for me. <laughs> I don't want to say it like that. <laughs> you're plenty. You're. I am. 
I am. When the kids go back to school, I might gain a few IQ points. Yeah. Once again. So. All right. So, but back to the back to the question. So, what kinds of decks do you want to build? So we talked about what cards are fun or interesting. So there's the Hoshiko deck that I built. There's the Earth Station deck that I built. Here's the fun fact about the Earth Station deck. I still haven't figured out a way to spend any of my influence because I like like the Wayland card so much in it. I like Wayland. I've had fun with them recently. So I want to build like a Geisty deck. Trash okay. cans, all the, all the trash cans. Yeah. I'm working on it. I'm having a hard time finding the right way to do it. I want to build a stealth criminal deck. Yeah. And interestingly enough, uh, when we were going through different data packs and things, one of the ones that I really liked was silhouette i mean it says it right to her in her subtitle it says she's a stealth operative yeah if that's not a clue as to what to play in her right so i was trying to build like a stealth one but it just like it wasn't wasn't working out because i'm shocked that you're like do you know what makes a stealth criminal better is this world in which switchblade is rotated i'm sorry i know you played dagger in your smoke deck trying to forgive you i i had one of each (laughs) couldn't commit no sometimes i can't but that's okay because now i I don't have to worry about it it's not a question not a question anyway but that's fine because we have after image so but the point is is i'm excited to like go back and retry on that and see if i can do it uh i want to try out my stealth sunny deck because that seemed like fun you're making a face yeah i i'll we'll see how it goes I just felt like thematically that was kind of like interesting, right? Yeah, I could see there's ideas there. Yeah. So that seemed fun. I'd like to do a game net one now that I've read it appropriately. Yeah. Might might have better success. Yeah. I think the other thing that I want to do, and I've seen some of these, right, is really the the other card we haven't talked about that people seem really, really excited about is Polly's Cafe. Oh, yeah. Because the thing about Polly's Cafe is for a click, you can install cards on it and then you can, I mean, you can host cards on it Uh and then for, and then you can install them whenever. Okay. So A, installing cards like at arbitrary times is really powerful, especially like a Haley where you can then get a second install trigger off of that. Oh. Right. And then, so that's one thing. You could do that like in the middle of the corp turn. In the middle of a corp turn, in the middle of a run. Now, the the discount, though, you only get once per turn and only on your turn. So that's the other piece of it, is that you could install an arbitrary number of things for one credit each, right? And I've seen people do, like, Cyberdelias and other things, or they just hang out, right, like uh, like Gauss or Euler. The, the cards are, I haven't seen Penrose, but presumably Penrose too. The cards where you get, like, bonus stuff the turn you install them and you can just host it and wait until you are ready for the big run and then you can just like go and do it Hmm. yeah that would be interesting so you're gonna try to build a deck around that you think i think i i think i'm going to find the decks that other people who are smarter have built around it and then try to learn how to play them correctly okay wise wise yeah i do want to build a not dumb sports metal deck you still have to say sports metal yes Okay, so that's... I know that that's the part that you think is the dumbest part. (laughs) But if you'll recall, you played against my No Ice Sports Metal deck before. Oh, yeah, that was bad. And you're like, okay, but what if if I just 
keep stealing your agendas. I know it takes seven of them, but yeah, I'll just keep getting them. I'm like, yeah, but look how many cards I drew. Yeah. So when I can only install three cards a turn and you're like, well, I just run those three and one of them's a point and one of them all trash and the other one is also a point, then I think I'm coming out ahead. Yeah. Pretty sure the math works out on this one. It did. And, you know, a couple more snares. (laughs) Yes. But if you're, you know, prepared for that, it's not too bad. Okay. So I want to make a not joke sports metal deck and I'm sure make a is an important part of that. Yeah. Okay. So again, uprising is out, which means that ashes, the whole cycle of downfall and uprising is out. Meaning Nisei has done two rotations, a new, you know, like a tweaked system core and a whole cycle. And they're still going strong. I mean, it seems like they've done great. Yes. So there's all the nice things we said earlier. But also, I think it's worth mentioning that that you know nisei really just jumped on this and has the authority right there's not really anything any other game in town right so the other thing that that exists right is like abram has his classic format she's like oh i think this is better netrunner than standard because it doesn't have rotation and so you can play with whatever cards you want how's it different from eternal well it's different from eternal because eternal has like a like a short ban list Whereas Abram has like 50 cards on his ban list. They're like, these cards are bad. And it's like some some of them are cards that are too strong, but some of them are also just like cards that they like support play styles that he doesn't agree with. Oh. Right, like Zamba, for example, is not a card that most people are like, oh, this is a really great card, but it's like it supports like exposing, which ruins the hidden information part of Netrunner. And so like as part of like a Zamba GPI net tap kind of a thing, he's like, this is gone. Oh. Anyway. So like some people think that classic is great. Okay. But and then they're like, there are a couple of diehards who are like, we only play snapshot plus meaning like, you know, the cards that were there at the end of the game. I saw a snapshot game up on Jinteki today. Okay. Okay. Or someone at least requesting one. (laughs) I don't know if they found a second person, but the point is there was one. So like there are a couple of there are a couple of things, but they're like very much like Nisei is Netrunner. You know, like they've really consolidated the community support behind them, I think, but also they are working hard to not be jerks about it, you know, and try and include different different voices and opinions in that. Yeah. Okay. Which is good, right? If there were like three competing factions of like this is what we think the netrunner should be like in the few in the, going forward, right. that would splinter the community in a way that would make it impossible for it to continue, really, like, and everybody would lose. Right. Yeah. This is becoming like a Nisei Love Fest episode. Well, okay, let's think of bad things to say about them then. Um, uh, I'm not on a card. I mean, is that you'll get your chance? You just have to win. <laughs> you can be like you can be like ogres, and you just have to you just have to win continental championships, and then you can be on a card. Yeah, I mean that'd be nice, but I'm not gonna hold my breath. How about that? Okay, I do think. You know, like so they're they're a little bit behind their own schedule, right? I think that the fact that System Gateway is not coming out until almost two years after Nisei or after FFG pulled the plug on Netrunner. Like it's that's coming how out long. this coming year though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the point is like so that's not great, right? Like that's like I and mean, that's a little slower than you want to like because you what you need for the game to to survive is for the number of new people coming in to be greater than or equal to the number of people that are leaving. Okay. Yeah. I mean that 
that part makes sense but like they completely came up with this whole new concept like not even ffg managed that they they tried with the revised core set which wasn't too bad but i think sounds like system gateway is going to be even better but i think part of it too comes in like their love of the game extends to like we love it so much we want to share it with people and so like how can we make it a thing I guess we're supposed to be saying bad things about Nisei. I think Nisei does a great job. (laughs) And I'm not going to say bad things about Nisei. I was just commenting also that, like, talking about Nisei a lot. But Nisei did a huge thing in getting out Uprising. So I suppose it's not bad to give him some love. And if you want love, last I heard, Nisei was still looking for some new blood. Yeah, especially for testing. Oh, well, there you go. All you have to do is play Netrunner and write about it. Yeah. Tell him how it went. So... If you're not like into writing, you can just get a voice to text app on your phone and make it do the writing for you. That'd probably be okay too. Some kind of emoji based system. Mm, that might be a little bit more complicated, but something like that. Yeah. Point is, Nisei is great. If you want us to say how great you are, you could send us an email at kitchentablenetrunner at gmail.com or you could be on Nisei and we could talk about how great you are there. Yeah. So, you know. While we're talking about ways to get in touch with us, you could also, you might find us from time to time on jinteki.net. Yeah. I'm LSTM. I am Cone11. And if you're on the Stimhack Slack, that might be another good way to see us occasionally or send us messages or stuff like that. Yeah. We love to hear from you. We do. It makes us feel like we're not just talking into a piece of plastic with a light on it. Yeah. It's nice to know that we're not just wasting our time. (laughs) I mean... Mm. <laughs> Sounds like she still doesn't feel quite like we're not wasting our time. No, no, no. I, it's nice to feel loved. So what we're saying is Nisei is it narcissism. I don't know. Maybe you're just one? emotionally needy. Maybe. So Nisei, we said that we love you. Now other people say that you love us because that's all we want. We that's feel all like we, in a general sense, want. We want love. Yeah. So. One way you can love others is by playing Nightrunner with them and being positive and supportive about it. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. You guys are the best. There's the Netrunner community, which people say is the best community in, you know, in in games. And then there's the Kitchen Table Netrunner community, which I think is, you know, a special like like the cream of the cream because not only are you part of the, the best, friendliest community in games, but you're the that part of the community that also tolerates us. Yeah, very tolerant and loving group. So keep it up. Keep being awesome. And of course, play, play Netrunner! Netrunner! Yeah, it's aspirational. Yes. 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 I think that's the one I'm going to keep. <laughs> okay.